As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Penalty kicks are one of, if not the most impactful events in any given game. But what if they were different. John Muller and Pablo Maurer are here to advocate for an alternate form of penalty kick that they say is more fair and more fun. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Monday, March 7th. But first, your TV guide for today, as usual, all times are Eastern. We start off in the FA Cup at 2.30 Eastern, Nottingham Forest hosting Huddersfield Town. That'll be on ESPN+. Plus. There's also a Premier League game at 3 p.m., Tottenham hosting Everton. That'll be on USA Network. And in La Liga, Athletic Bilbao takes on Levante on ESPN+, Plus at 3 p.m. All right, let's send it over to Pablo and John. All right, it's the start of the week, which means I'm here with John Muller with another kind of special Monday guest, Pablo Maurer. And the reason I have both of you here today, gentlemen, is uh, we have a whole week of soccer ahead of us. We have a whole rest of the year of soccer ahead of us. Everybody that's listening to this show is going to be watching a lot of soccer generally in their lives. And the one fixture in games, especially games that matter, are penalty kicks. And people have all sorts of differing opinions about whether they're good, whether they're bad, how to take a good one, how to take a bad one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on. Uh, And you both have written some, I don't know, I would say some fairly inflammatory pieces (laughs) about one specific (laughs) type of penalty kick, the 35-yard penalty kick, which I think is interesting because you both made very similar cases in different ways about why 35-yard kicks are better than the regular 12 yard stand there and kick it kicks that we know about. So I figured I should talk to you about that and get some context. Pablo, I'm going to start with you. Um, You wrote this story, your story about this uh, almost two years ago now about uh, the 35 yard shootout in MLS. And for those unfamiliar, if you're totally lost at this point, unlike a normal spot kick in MLS, you started with the ball 35 yards away instead of on the spot in the box the ref blows the whistle. The taker has five seconds to beat the goalkeeper. There's a big countdown clock that they wheel out onto the field for this. 
and it bas- it's basically a one-on-one breakaway. So, Pablo, based on the reporting you did for that story and what you know about this style of penalty kick, period, uh, from where did MLS adapt this? Sort of what's the origin of it? Yeah, I mean, it started in the NASL, the uh, the old North American Soccer League, um, which is around from the mid to late 60s to 1984. Um, they installed this shootout system in 77, I want to say, lasted until the league folded. Um, and it was, you know, it was like any sort of story about soccer in America through maybe the early 2000s at, at some point you'll run into this concept of like, how do we Americanize the game? And more mm-hmm. frequently than not, how do we eliminate ties or how do we um, boost goal scoring? Um, so they were looking for a way to, to do that. They had been using the normal 12 yard PKs for, you know, uh, for years already, but you know, that sort of felt stayed to them. So they came up with this, this concept, which, which is brilliant in my, in my view, it's so rare that you have something that is better in every way. It's like the eye, t- <laughs> you know, it's eye test is better. It's like more exciting to watch. People generally like them more. And uh, statistically, they if you're looking to settle a game fairly, um, they they do that as well. You know, so so yeah, you know, had origins in the NASL, MLS in 1996. Um, they were looking for the most part to sort of um, distance themselves from the NASL um, because obviously the NASL folded under some unfortunate, you know financial circumstances and stuff. But one of the things they kept was the shootout um, to the chagrin of a few owners who just wanted MLS to align itself more with the European game. But they did keep it, you know, the shootout was around for four years. And again, by all accounts, you know, fans loved it. Um, I mean, that might not be the best barometer of whether something is fair or not. But again, this is one of those things where it just is fair and people tend to like them more. Um. It should also be noted that in both MLS and NASL, the sh- the penalties were used a lot because there were no ties, so they were used to settle just like normal regular season games. I mean, uh, I think that's that is one thing that maybe the league officials pointed to towards the end of the run of these 30, sort of thirty five yarders is that they were used really frequently, and so you know it's natural to have a suspicion that certain teams would just kind of part the bus. And say, you know, well, we like our chances better in these run-up PKs, um, you know, in the way that when FIFA experimented with, with using golden goal, uh, you know, some people made the argument argument that, well, the stakes are so much higher that neither team wants to push forward and take a risk and end up paying for it on the other end, you know. Yeah. Do you, do you Pablo, do you have a, uh, I, I would guess that you've watched quite a few videos of, of 35-yard shootouts. Do you have a particular favorite 35 yard shootout moment in NASL or MLS. Uh, I, I always liked the, and there's a video of Carlos Alberto, Alberto, you know, with the Cosmos doing this, where he kind of lofts the ball up, lets it take a bounce. And uh, every single PK taker that I've sort of seen use that technique. Um, it's more successful. Obviously it forces the goalie to make a decision. They either have to come out, um, which then it makes it easier on a bouncing ball just to pop it over their head, or they have to commit to staying back and seeing what happens. And then obviously they fail to sort of cut down the angle. So I always sort of loved like Jeff Eggers did that a lot. Um, I kind of love any of those, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. A, a, another low key one, I guess would be um, the three or four PKs that where Joe Max Moore, uh, the you know revolution four was forced into goal, um, yeah. you know, because that's another thing is you, and and these 
penalty shootouts if the goalie gets a red card, which happens not, you know, it's the chances are greater, obviously, because you have this high speed collision waiting to happen. Um, a field player is forced into goal. And like, as we all know about sports generally, um, I mean, like the only reason I watch any sport is for the weird, like you, if you're watching a baseball game, you're like, maybe there'll be an inside the park home run, you know, or like uh, or a position player uh, pitching or something right, like yeah. a f- uh, like fair catch free kick or whatever it's called, or, you know, any of these other like weird things, yeah. you know, so um, I'm all for field players and goal. And that's yet another, that's like a fringe benefit of the, of the run up PK is a higher chance that that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Well, as we mentioned, and as you mentioned, Pablo, uh, I think that the the run-up PK, the 35-yard PK, whatever you want to call it, might have been just sort of filed away under things Americans tried and were a bad idea. Were it not for the fact that, that they did it a lot, and there's a lot of data about the ways to take it and what's successful and success rates and things like that. And John, you have taken up the mantle <laughs> of this particular <laughs> argument and made a, a case sort of based around that data for the athletic recently, um, which goes so far as to suggest that these 35 year PKs should replace all PKs generally just across the all board. Penalties, in-game disciplinary penalties, not just shootouts, right. all of them. So what what led you to write such a terrible, awful, blasphemous <laughs> thing? <laughs> Mostly because I wanted to hear every person on the planet give me their opinion about how to solve penalty case. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I hate penalties. I think they're just they're really dumb. Right. Uh, they for one thing, they're boring and they're like pretty random. There's not a ton of skill for either the shooter or the goalkeeper. It's, you know, you pick a spot and like maybe you're lucky, maybe you're not. Uh, but mostly they're just really unfair and I'm talking here about the disciplinary penalties in game. Uh, they have, you know, in the Premier League over the last decade, they have a 78% chance of converting. Uh, yeah, most leagues is between 75 and 80. Uh, so you're giving an attack a really, really high probability of scoring a goal based almost always on a situation where they had a really, really low probability of scoring a goal. Uh, and so I, I did some numbers, some kind of like general math to get a sense of what the goal probability was prior to penalty calls. And I came up with a median of about 6% chance of scoring. Uh, and, and I said, you know, like there's some reasons to believe that it's actually higher than that. But even in, like, if it's like the 95th percentile of the possession values that I was getting for penalty calls, it's still a 19% chance of scoring. So penalties are, are quadrupling or more, uh, you know, an attack's danger based on fairly arbitrary calls, you know, balls that graze arms, like kind of iffy fouls that go to VAR just like all this wishy-washy stuff and, and they decide games. 
over half of all penalties uh, change the game state from losing to drawing or drawing to winning. And they wind up going on to, you know, decide the outcome of the game. And this is just a really, really weird way to do a sport. You know, like there are not a lot of goals in soccer. And if you basically give one team a goal based on an official's, you know, uh, not arbitrary decision, but an, an official's kind of somewhat debatable decision, you're, you're taking the game out of the game. I hate that. So we, we had this mathematical problem, right? This statistical problem. And I said, well, what's the solution? We kick some stuff around in Slack. Like, yeah, you could do a semicircular penalty area. I found a, uh, article from 1913 arguing the same thing with a nice little drawing of a semicircular penalty area, which would make sense given the goal probabilities. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, you could change like what's called for a penalty, but I remembered Pablo's work and I remembered, you know, seeing videos of these MLS shootouts and NASL shootouts and they're just so fun. And so I thought, you know, like what's the goal probability on that? And would that make more mathematical sense than these 78% penalties that aren't any fun to watch? And so we dug up the data and sure enough, uh, in MLS, we have over 1700 of these shootout penalties. Uh, about 45% of them are converted in NASL. I think it was around 40%, uh, which as it turns out, like if you look at the possession value curve is like right about where you probably want to put the value of a penalty so that it's still like really high. It's going to deter defenses from committing fouls, which is the main argument for why penalties should be so harsh. But it's not so high that it's going to decide, you know, over half the games where a penalty gets called, come down to that one call. And it's just really fun to watch. I mean, like, like Pablo said, like, it's, it's really cool to see the different strategies that players take uh, to these things, goalkeepers and shooters, their skill on both sides, and fans love it and players love it. And if it's a better statistical solution, like, why would we not do that? I mean, this is just to interject something. This is like let's make this perfectly clear. Like this is just an idea that's DOA because it came out of, you know, the United States. It's just like, so I mean, you know, there've been a lot of other sort of innovations that were eventually adopted in global football that came out of the U S the back pass rule, a lot of design stuff, names on the back of jerseys, you know, numbers that don't correspond to position. The, the score is a, is a Chiron. Is that how you say it? The score bug or the Chiron, or whatever yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. say that was globally popularized in the 94 world cup in the United States, you know, like all these things were eventually adopted. You ask anybody if they have any idea that the back pass rule, where it came from, they'd say, Oh, well, they just did that in England, you know, like in the nineties or something like that. I mean, it's no, it came from America, you know? Um, so it's, there's always been this hesitance. And even when people like Johan Cruyff and Van Basten and Beckenbauer and these like Titans of the game say they should try it. It's great there's just this resistance to do it because it came from this country. That's, that's all it is. You know, like, well, this is, this is something I, I wanted to touch on with both of you before, before we wrap this up. Uh, this is obviously for some reason, or maybe an obvious reason, I don't know, a very hot button topic with people. People <laughs> love to have opinions about penalties and especially love to have opinions about, you know, Americans ruining the game, as you just sort of alluded to Pablo. Um, what has been the reaction or what to, to both of these stories that you've done? Because I've noticed, and this is not a scientific sample, but like if you were to scroll through the comments of, say, John's piece, and we should also clarify that, like, John, you work largely with our UK team and Pablo, you work largely here with our US team. And there's a little bit of, of a difference in 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 reaction to this sort of uh, theory that 35 yard shootouts are actually better. Um, what have you experienced of that? personally and Pablo I guess we can start with you yeah I mean I one of the fascinating things to me in reporting the piece is you know I, I talked to a bunch of the guys who are good at taking them 
And I remember I was speaking with Roy Lasseter, who was, you know, the second or third most effective taker, I think, in the history of MLS. And, you know, he's like glowing about them and talking about, you know, what his technique was and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, he's like, but, you know, I don't think I'm happy they went away, you know, because it's not part of the game. And again, this idea that like, it's, it's like people like tradition, right? But when there's something that's so obviously, uh, you know, it, I'm not saying that global soccer should sort of like have the countdown clock or have any of these other things that were pretty clearly failed experiments, but that was not a failed experiment, the 35 yard PK, you know? Right. So, you know, I think most MLS fans kind of miss them, but the problem in this country too, Alex, and like, you know, this is that uh, there has been historically this like crippling insecurity amongst soccer fans and the way it's manifested itself in the, in recent decades is by trying to emulate Europe. I mean, that's sort of, among the many reasons why so many people watch soccer over there instead of MLS, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and, and that I think manifests itself with 35 yard PK. They're like, Oh, it's not, that's, you know, even people in this country are opposed to the idea that the U S would have some sort of stamp on the way the game is played in the rest of the world. It's just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> thank you for having me on. I know it's like, I think it's in my contract that you're legally obligated to speak to me for pieces like these. So yeah, you know. it is actually, uh, John, as somebody that has like a, a, a regular, uh, uh, interaction with, with sort of our UK audience, what have you been, <laughs> what, what sort of reaction have you been getting? Dare oh, I ask? Man. Reactions, <laughs> they're, they're all over the map and it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, there are some people who you lose them at the writer's American. There are some people who you lose them at any kind of change to the laws of the game. Uh, and then there's some people who look at those probabilities and say like, yeah, actually this is kind of weird. Like penalties probably shouldn't be this overpowered. What can we do about it? And then, you know, some people love the idea of a running shootout and some people, you know, they just want to move the penalty spot back three yards, which accomplishes the same thing, but in a way less fun way. I don't know why that would be your preferred solution, but okay. Every, everybody has different ideas, but, but the defense of like why we should keep the current penalty system mostly comes down to either a this is the way we've always done it which just isn't an interesting argument to me or b penalties have to be this overpowered because it's the only way to deter defenses from you know committing fouls all the time in the box uh and yeah, the old, the old, death, the old death penalty argument yeah that works really <laughs> exactly <well>. that's <laughs> exactly so I was, I was reading up on criminal justice you know theories right now and like there's there's plenty of evidence that like harsher sentences for crimes don't deter crimes what deters crimes is the certainty that you're going to get caught. And the fact that penalties are so overpowered actually decreases the certainty that you're going to get caught because refs don't call them all the time, right? We see all the time like, oh, that would have been a foul anywhere else on the pitch, but the ref doesn't want to decide the game, so he doesn't call it. So it winds up being even more arbitrary and more random and less expected. And so defenders are willing to like tug and pull and kick and do little things in the box because they know they're not going to get caught most of the time. So I think that if you lower that threshold and you make penalties a little bit fairer, it also makes refs a little bit more willing to police this stuff. And maybe you get, you know, more open play goals, which I think is the thing that we all really want, not more penalties. John, my, my favorite response to your article was uh, one man on Twitter who tweeted at both of us and it just said, FFS, we need to stop letting Americans write about football. <laughs> which is funny in so many ways. I don't know if he's part of like a global board of governance that decides 
who gets to write soccer articles <laughs> or something like that. But that was the one that made me laugh the most. I think I just replied. Well, there uh, there I, were people on Reddit, like trying to search my location, like figure out where I lived and where <laughs> I was from. <laughs> <It's about> to, <laughs> get to see whether or not the argument was valid. Like, oh, he lives in Austin, Texas, but is he British and just moved over here? We don't know. Yeah, you're you're being doxxed because you, uh, you know, want a 35-yard PK. So, yeah, I guess people are still – I will say this, John. I think we differ on a couple – on maybe one thing. I and this might just be me like uh you know suffering from that insecurity I talked about but I don't know about doing them during during games like mm -hmm. and I but I think to me more it's just like you have to start somewhere so let's start by just like seeing if we can get the rest of the world to adopt them as deciding penalty kicks you know to decide a game cuz I I mean I don't know like We'll see what happens. I think I think that that's probably much more likely than just fundamentally changing them during you know the ninety minutes or whatever. Yeah, I mean Van Basten was proposing the yeah. FIFA five years ago as like a replacement for end of extra time shootouts. I think I think a lot of people would be on board with that. My proposal is a little harder to stomach, but yeah, like you said, <laughs> let's let's try one. Let's see if fans like it as much as they did. Yeah, uh, you know, back in the seventies. I think I think the campaign to bring back the thirty-five yard shootout has started anew here on Soccer Every Day with the two <laughs> foremost experts we have, John Muller, Pablo Mara. Thank you so much for coming on the show. If anybody wants to read those stories about thirty-five yard shootouts, they will both be linked in the show's description. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Elsewhere in soccer news, Saturday's Liga Emekis game between Atlas FC and Carretero was suspended after fan violence erupted and spilled onto the field. Social media video from the stadium showed multiple really awful scenes of violence between fan groups in the stadium. Carretero State Civil Protection Agency told the Associated Press that there were 22 reported injuries, with some of them critical. There has been mass speculation about deaths being involved in these incidents, but none have been officially reported at the time of this recording. Liga Amekis played the rest of Saturday's games and then canceled all of Sunday's games in response. The league promised an investigation, while CONCACAF released a statement saying that, quote, strong footballing sanctions must be applied. There's still a lot we don't know about what unfolded and why, but we'll check back in with more as we know it, both in future episodes of this show and on The Athletic. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thanks so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.